0: This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.
1: Kia ora kato. Welcome to the people of Puawai, the podcast from Leadership Labs Youth Programme. Our kōpapa is to amplify marginalised voices, Join us as we kore with the rangatahi of Pua about their lives, passions, and what they need from the world.
0: Ka mihi tene ki na tua huriri na mana fenua o te fenua nei. Acknowledging naitua huriri, the hapu who are the holders of the land in and around o to
1: kupa toku ingua. Nor Scotland, Ireland, England, Denmark, Germany, France, Aku Tipuna. Kia ora, my name is Cooper and my ancestors are mostly from Western and Northern Europe. I'm here to the Rangatahi featured in this podcast and the vulnerability they have generously stepped into by sharing their stories. It is the opportunity to gain insight and experience outside of our own and challenge our preconceptions. Please, Afi, cherish, and Totoku, support, by Whakarongo, listening with your heart as well as your ears, with openness and the aim to understand these young people, their experiences, and their communities. Today with us, we have Benedict and Ryan. What's that? Kia ora. And they're going to talk about their experiences as young Filipino migrants in Aotearoa. The years of whanau separation, transferring from schooling in the Philippines to Aotearoa, reflections on Filipino culture, and what it's like to be queer amongst all of that. They're also going to talk to us about some things that they're passionate about and share their favourite songs right now with us. We want to give everyone a content warning that there will be discussions of sexualised themes in art. Now, without further ado. Kia ora, Benedict. Welcome. Um, can you please tell us how you identify?
2: So I identify as a Filipino male and pronouns are he and him.
1: And how old are you?
2: I am 16 years old and turning 17 years old this year.
1: You're still in school?
2: Yes, I am still at school.
1: What year are you? I'm
2: at year 12.
1: What do you do outside of school? And most importantly, what brings you joy?
2: Ooh, okay. So I do Y outside of school. It's a leadership program aimed at cultivating young people's ability to lead. And something that brings me joy... I would probably say my 10 adopted cats. I did not adopt them. They just come along. Like, we just come along our house. And then I would just play with them if I get the chance to. And that brings me so much joy.
1: (laughs) That's amazing. Um, And so you live in Ototahi Christchurch. Were you born here?
2: No, I was not born here. I was born in the Philippines.
1: Um, and w- when was it that you came to Aotearoa?
2: It was July of 2017.
1: Did, did you, um, come here by yourself?
2: No, I came here with my brother and my mother.
1: And was any of your whanau here before you?
2: Yeah, so my dad has been in New Zealand for six years before we came, so.
1: How come your dad came before you?
2: Well, it was because of work. He found well, he was supposed to go to Canada, but then that got he got declined, and so he found a job opportunity here in New Zealand, and he came here like six years before us.
1: What was it like um what was it like living back in the Philippines with your dad over here for six years?
2: Well, honestly. My memory is a little bit hazy, but all I do, all I remember is that whenever he would call us, I would just be like excited to like see his face and just, you know, talk, even if it's only for like a couple of minutes, it was just nice seeing him. Although I was still quite young, so I didn't really fully understood like, you know, my feelings about the situation, about him being away. But I guess it just, I just became used to it because dad always had to go to other countries to find jobs. And I was kind of used to him not being there, but also being there because he, he still maintained that connection through like calling us. So to me, he was there, but also not there.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, do you still consider yourself an immigrant?
2: I would say yes, but I don't think about it. Yeah, I would say like, yes, I am an immigrant, but in my day-to-day like, life, I find myself like, I feel like I'm integrated in my community. So yeah.
1: As for, as a Filipino person, how do you feel the wider community perceives you or reacts to your community?
2: So Filipinos are no, mostly known for their like hard work and focus on family. But also some are also known for
1: the toxicity, like
2: the the toxicity in the culture stigma, basically, yeah.
1: And what is it that you feel um, is is toxic about the culture?
2: I would definitely say that one of them is that family comes first over anything. Like it goes to an unhealthy extent that it also brings you you and your family down because. An example of this is that when for example my my dad when he went here he had to provide not only for his family but also for his mom, for his dad and for his like siblings as well. Mm. And you know it's good to help your relatives, it's good to help your family but it just goes to an unhealthy extent that everyone basically goes to poverty nobody actually goes beyond it.
1: Right, so you, you do you feel like it's not just about trying to survive. Or sorry, you feel like everything's kind of about survival when no one gets the opportunity to th- to thrive. A little bit, yeah, yeah. And that must this, that must feel like quite a lot of pressure for you yeah. as a young person.
2: Yeah, I I definitely can feel the pressure now, since I'm starting to be more integrated to like helping my family. Yeah. Uh,
1: when you moved to Aotearoa what um what year of school did you move into
2: oh i moved in like year 7 yeah
1: and what was moving from school in the philippines through to school in otawa like
2: i would definitely say it was it's a lot easier here than mm-hmm. there and the su- the surrounding the environment is a lot more pleasant a lot more calmer rather than back home where everything like your grades are your number one priority. If you don't get this right, you get punished or you get, you know... Yeah, typical Asian that. kid trauma. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically,
1: yeah. Do you feel like um, any of the schooling back in the Philippines prepared you for the schooling here?
2: Definitely. I would say it has prepared me academically, but in terms of outside of school, no, not really. Especially with... Getting used to your new environment, like I found that as a, I found that as a struggle the first years, but I was able to I guess learn my way through it. But yeah, definitely academically, but other than that, no. Yeah, because I think basically when you're back there, you
3: don't have a good social life.
1: <laughs> no, because everything's yeah. about grades, yeah. right? Everything is about school. And, yeah. Ugh. What was your experience like at school? Um, and do you feel like being Filipino has impacted that at all?
2: So my first my first year of school and my experience of it was really good because, well, luckily enough, I went to a school that was very close. Like um, the, the students, the teachers, basically the community is very close and accepting. And being a Filipino probably helped me um, get used to that environment be more at home per se because at that time at my school majority of the students were Filipino and then we've already well they've already cultivated that culture that like environment of acceptance and to me I think that really helped me settle in a lot faster and more comfortable.
1: Considering that you're feeling accepted and like you're able to fit in at school What was your experience like going back home after school? I
2: definitely felt like I was in between two different worlds, one that was familiar and one that was new. But to me, I found it quite exciting, quite calm, being that median that I can experience these things, these new things that my parents and my brother hasn't. And also, I get to tell them about my experiences and making them feel involved in the things that I do and that I experience is, is like, it's really fun and I find, like, joy out of it.
3: True, yeah, you just, think like, became the master of both realms.
1: Exactly, so. yeah.
3: <laughs> wow, that's it, awesome.
1: <laughs> How do you feel like you relate to your family um, with your understanding of the world compared to what your experience has been?
2: I would definitely say over the years I've come to understand the things that they do, the things that they said or they say. Um, I'm trying to think of it, but it's like it's hard. Mm. It's hard to come up with a with an answer of
1: it. What do you miss the most about the Philippines?
2: <laughs> the food, food. no doubt. The food, Jollibee. <laughs> especially Jollibee.
1: Oh
2: yeah, true. <laughs> Jollibee burger stick. <laughs> I mean, if the owner of
3: Jollibee is hearing, please,
2: me. please come to New Zealand. Yeah,
3: please. <laughs> Specifically in Christchurch. <laughs>
1: Um, and what about, were there any, because um, the Philippines is a Christian country? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, were, there, were there any celebrations that were different over in the Philippines from here?
2: Definitely Christmas. Christmas is a lot more festive. It's a lot more bright and colorful. Yeah. And sometimes to an extent, it it can
3: be like a bit tad tacky, but... In a good way. (laughs) Can you help me understand what you mean by tacky? Um, Because sometimes I, whenever I see like those houses, like, overtly oh decorated God. with the and, lights on the roof yeah, with the lights in the roof and um i remember that um there has been like this one house featured in tv because it was it was like too extravagant um because he had managed to like get a real christmas tree tree inside his house like seven feet tall <laughs> what? and he just had like um Um, He just had, like, a tour of his house to the media. And so just um, after that, everyone started to come into his house just to, like, travel. And he has this, like, sort of, um, I don't know, like, many Christmas action figures, I'd say.
2: I think we've we've seen the same house. (laughs) I've seen this on television before when I was back home. Yeah, I was like, wow. (laughs) Does he have a garden in front? Yeah. Oh, my God. It is the same one. (laughs)
1: Damn! (laughs) So, do do you know that um, every Christmas here in Ototahi they do like little tours of different areas that have lights done and stuff? No Yeah so there's like A kind of like um, Christmas lighting map That you can get I think on the city council page Or something Right Yeah I'm, I'm sure it's probably nothing In comparison But um, I'll try to remember To send it through to you Just so you can get Like a little bit Of the I of the same toast.
3: taste I mean it's just not It's just not limited To like Christmas It's mm. just like um, really. Christmas season There's like Way too long It started mm. at Bermond's As they call it So when September 1 Starts Yep Everything. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. get the hell
2: loose. Oh, wow. Christmas I don't think I could handle up. Have a Christmas lights are up. Oh, everything. Yeah.
1: Does Halloween exist there?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, but Halloween exists there. Christmas is,
3: like, more important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely,
1: definitely, yeah. Um, awesome. Is there anything uh, that you feel that Kiwis need to know so that future immigrants from the Philippines have a better time transitioning here in the future?
2: Honestly, just treat them like a friend. Treat them like a normal human being, and definitely ask and be be curious about their culture, because not only do you learn, but do you also make this person proud of like their culture. And just uh, um,
3: don't don't make assumptions of yeah, who we are, because um, as Ben would have said, if you would have known us, we are pretty cool and we might have the same vibes we are our own uncool cool
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) awesome well thank you for telling me a bit about your life and your experience in this next section what buzzes you it's an opportunity for you to talk about something that you're passionate about now what is it that you're going to tell us about today architecture 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 wow Mm. cool so how did you become interested in architecture
2: well, first of all, in my in my family, so on my mother's side, they oh is it my mother yes, they have actually no sorry, it's my dad's side, they have engineers and architect architects. then my mother's side, it's all teachers and medical stuff and law. and so I think it's it just runs in the blood, but also because. I don't know. I just like being in a 3D environment. It's basically like being able to interact and see like these buildings. It just like, also because I grew up with Minecraft and so, <laughs> <laughs> and so buildings to me was like, oh my God, I really want to design this, live in it. And then just like look at it. And it's was like, I built this.
1: So do you have any favorite buildings or any architecture that you really hate?
2: <laughs> oh, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this if I I say anything about like a type of architecture that I hate
1: okay so I've better not answer that one I probably shouldn't answer that one one.
3: if the architectural board at a college school hears this (laughs) they're gonna use it against you (laughs) yeah
1: probably um so what like is there anything in particular around architecture that that most interests you
2: So the type of architecture that I like the most is working on residential architecture. So like like family houses or like private houses, private houses, basically. Just being able to have that relationship and connection between you and this person that you work with is basically being able to design their Um, ideal house, mm -hmm. like... And making it a reality Is kind of fascinating Is fascinating to me Mm -hmm. Because you're turning This person's ideas Into something that They can walk into Live in and touch Basically
1: Yeah
2: And Just hearing what they have In their ideas As to like What type of home Do they want What type of feeling Do they want about it To me it intrigues me Because It brings in The logical side of me And the emotional side of me And like that building And that kind of Homey kind of feeling Together And to me that's like that's like the best of both worlds, basically.
4: Ooh.
1: That's really, really cool. What type of response do you normally get from people when you talk about this? When talk about architecture, mm.
2: they're like, do you know how to draw? Do you know how to draw? It's <laughs> like, I do know how to draw. But then they'll be like, you sure you want to continue with architecture? Architecture has a bad rep. I'm like, if I enjoy it, I enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, so. Fair enough.
1: What is it that you wish that the world understood about architecture?
2: That not everything needs to be modern. That not everything needs to have sharp edges and boring faces. Is that like architecture can literally be literally any anything. As long as you're able to, you know, design it and make it possible, then architecture can literally be anything. And there is no... People shouldn't be like, I guess... Um, looking down on other types of architecture because each archi- like each type of architecture is unique, and I think it represents different people but also different um personalities.
1: How do you feel that architecture can change the world? I feel like architecture has i would say
2: has a big role in changing our world, especially with um the overcrowding and basically the environment that people are that some people are living in right now. I definitely think that with architecture and the future of it is that we can design more sustainable, more better, and more I would say more calming and environmentally friendly homes. Rather than those like big apartments where everything looks the same. Yeah,
3: tacky monstrous exactly. like Trump Towers. Mm. <laughs> I mean, who would have thought that a square building, like, which is, like, the most boring type of one, it's, and then mm-hmm. dip it in gold and oh put God. your big-ass last name on top of it, would uh, be <laughs> such a great architectural <laughs> building. It's just...
1: Uh. Uh, well, thank you so much, Benedict, for telling me about, like, your passion around architecture. My pleasure. Um, I really appreciated... Um, how you said that it doesn't have to all be really like modern and kind of like so in my mind that it comes down to like bland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I guess for me as someone who's like um, done a bit of travel on the, around the world, architecture is one of the things that has stand, stood out to mm. me the most. Um, so, yeah, um, it's it's the it's the more creative and um, buildings that I've, I've noticed more than the ones that kind of fit in. Um, so, yeah, that's a really cool corridor. Um, now I'm wondering, what is your favourite song right now? Evergreen
2: by Omar Apollo.
1: Awesome, Kyoto Ryan, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Can-
4: Sometimes I pray that you fall in love. I've cried, I've cried so much for you, baby. Evergreen, you turn me to pieces. Evergreen doesn't even have to try. No, you really made me hate myself Had to stop before I break myself Should've broken up to date myself You did it, did it At all, at all, at all One last time I see Ever, evergreen
1: Please tell us about how you identify.
3: Well, I take all the minority boxes as I'd say I would. I'm Filipino. I'm 17. I'm bisexual. And I just moved in here to New Zealand for um, nine
1: months ago. Yeah. And what are your pronouns? Um, He and they. Are you able to explain to us why pronouns are important?
3: Well, from how I see it, Pronouns are really important because um, they give you this sort of label into who you are. And when people misrepresent you as someone that you're not, it's just not cool. And it gives you this some sort of distortion of um, who you are and who are you perceived as by everyone else. And so that misdirection can lead into like conflicts preconceptions, stereotypes and so that's why like pronouns are important to get it right yeah.
1: um, and as you said to me earlier and I think this is a um, this is a good quote um, <laughs> and, and in a deeper sense if you're called the wrong pronouns there's a sense of disrespect sure yeah. um so you said that you were 17 and I know that you work are you still in school as well yep yeah what year are you in
3: I'm at year 13.
1: So do you have much time to do things outside of school and work? Well,
3: well I, I think that I have a boring life because other than school and work, um, it's just like this vicious cycle. But other than that, <laughs> um, I still hang out with friends. I mean, if they invite me to. And also, um, just like if there's nothing much going on, I just bench watch, just like um, do it like on a 16-hour run like a full-on marathon
1: in Netflix yeah so um, if you're doing a Netflix marathon what's 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 been your most favourite things to watch lately
3: I think um, nowadays I'm more of into American sitcoms so um, I know I've I've watched it already when I was in 8th grade but um, I just started re-watching the whole 12 seasons of The B- Big Bang Theory and also Brooklyn Nine-Nine and so, ooh.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've just watched those two as well, actually. Damn. <laughs> yeah. um, so you live here in Ototahi, but you mentioned that you only moved here nine months ago. Where did you move here from?
3: Well, I'm, I'm from Manila, which is like yeah, the heart of the Philippines, I'd say. Busting city, very chaotic. And that transition from that place... Onto like this peaceful hey. It's just like a, um, a different
1: vibe When you Came here You mentioned to me That you had to be In isolation Because of COVID Oh yeah um, Once you got out Of that isolation What was the biggest Culture shock?
3: Well um, I think oh, Some of the Quirky ones Was um, the, the fact that I First went into Westfield uh, There's this like the mall there in Riccarton and I was trying to apply for a job. That was just two weeks in after my arrival and I saw these people, um, um, even older ones, younger ones, they're just walking in their barefoot and it's just like we have cold on the floor and I was like, What the hell? Is this normal? Am I dreaming? And uh, I just don't wanna say this because I might probably get hired in there and um I'll probably gonna be um, there's staff and they're going to be like my customers and I don't want to say something.
1: It's not a common occurrence for me. I usually have shoes and socks on, but um, yes, yeah, it's, it's not unknown here, eh? <laughs> um, and so um, how was it transitioning from um, being, you know, you would have done almost all of your school career to now only your last year of school um, in Aotearoa?
4: It was tough,
3: uh, first day because um, I have to integrate with society, basically, to the community and stuff. So um, to figure out my way here, I had to establish myself. And I also had to have connections uh, with people that I interact with. And kind that kind of like gave me a hard time because, like, the culture here is, like, very different. But also, um, it eases up over time. Yeah, that's what I'm, uh, gonna say. Because, um, people thought that, oh, when they move out to somewhere else, it's just gonna be, like, all bad. But really, um, it's the reward that comes after it, um, that you seek. Um, so that's why, that, so that's why I ventured out. And so, um, things may be tough for now, especially in my case, because there has been a hell of a couple of months and there has been so much going on. But still, um, this will pass. This is just a phase. And the transition, is still ongoing. Um, I'm still trying to figure out my way, making friends, um, and especially in school. School's very different as Ben said earlier um, it's much calmer but at the same time um, it's like very different and difficult but in a different way because it's just like um, uh, you have to be prepared for externals and stuff by the end of the year and so we're not really used to that um, because we do it like periodically in like in every end of the term which I know there's, it's like too much pressure, I guess, as compared to that. But also, um, it's kind of like um, giving you this sort of um, school work slash life balance of which I don't have back there. I don't have the luxury of that. And so I don't know how to use it in here. And so um, I feel like I'm falling behind in terms of social
2: life and stuff.
1: I'm going to be honest, I, I don't think many people understand how to have a work and life balance.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so, I'm still figuring that out. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I think even I am, <laughs> and I'm 35. So, you know what, well, if you can figure it out as a young person, then <laughs> you don't, you're going to do awesome. Um, so coming back to moving to Aotearoa, um, you you moved here by yourself, but your dad was already over here. Yep. How many how long was your dad here for before you?
3: Oh uh, my dad has been here for um eight years yeah and still up and coming and um uh he I think he just got his citizenship currently um just like months ago it's exciting so oh yeah, so he's planning on um going back to Manila as well and going somewhere else and um the thing is that I'm not going to be with him though. <laughs> yeah, because um I don't know, he's like, he's going to be probably touring around with um with my aunt, with my auntie, so called. So, um yeah, it was fun.
1: <laughs> um and did, did you always know that for those 8 years that you were going to be moving here as well?
3: No. No, not really. Um because um I remember Uh, When I was in sixth grade, I was just graduating primary school. And I was just like, what would my life be in five years? And I never thought that um, I get to spend um, a chunk of it here in New Zealand. I I didn't expect that coming because um, I always thought that dad wouldn't want to bring me here because it would complicate things. And he knows that it's also going to be tough for me. To readjust to my life as to what I'm used to back there, so yeah, those are those those are the risks, but I'm willing to take those.
1: When did you know that you were going to move here as well?
3: Well, uh, I just knew that I'm about to move here about a year ago, and so um, because of that, there has to be like a lot of planning going on. in in terms of, like, the visa and stuff, legal stuff, blah, 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 boring. (laughs) But, yeah, um, it really synced in when the visa application got through, and it was just, like, a normal day. Um, It was, I I think, around August, um, they've they've sent me an email um, saying that I was approved for a residency. And so I was like, really, this is happening this is a real possibility that I might be living here. Not just like for a year or like just for a wee while, but like to really settle in here.
1: And you, you've mentioned to me that both your parents do know that you're bisexual.
3: Oh, yes. When
1: did you tell them about that?
3: Uh, the talk, I mean, not the talk talk, but, <laughs> you know. So I have told them about my sexuality before moving into New Zealand. I think it was, like, just a month before I leave. And, um, my dad didn't take it well. And my mom was kind of uncomfy at first. But then she was, like, the greatest supporter that I have right now. Um, she became an ally because of me. Yes. Yeah. And dad, hmm, it's... With dad, it's kind of rocky. Um, because, um... He kind of thinks that it's still a pretty dodgy idea of me being not straight, and him being the father. Um, he kind of uh, talked about it with me that he wanted me to have kids someday, which is like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm I'm still seventeen. I mean, why are we having this talk? And he just he just kind of like saying that, oh, you're you're the first child. You have to, you have to like be responsible for. The family, um take care of your younger brother or maybe take care of a little one uh, and make your own family. And I was like,
2: nah. Well, who said you couldn't though, yeah. even if you're bi? You could still have a family. I could still have exactly. one. You could yeah. still have a family.
3: But I think it's just like going too fast. Mm. I need time to think. No, definitely. And, and he must respect that. And I think that's also like a big part of sexuality is that... um Especially in bisexuality, there's this, like, a misconception that, oh, yeah, you're bisexual, so you're still, you're still into girls, so you're, you're still going to get married to someone. So you're still going to get married to a girl. And that's basically what my dad said to me. And I was, like, kind of upset about it because he doesn't get it. It's, it's, that's not how it works. Mm. Yeah, You can't control who you love and so, when you're attracted to someone, whether it be boy or girl, you you just um uh, you just get attached to that someone, yeah. and really um you don't get to choose. And um he has to understand that that's who I am. Mm-hmm. I didn't choose to be this way, but as Lady Gaga would put it, I was born this way.
1: Yeah, hey. yeah, you were. yeah, yeah. And and I think. You know, whether you end up, like, whoever you end up with, um, either way, you can still have children. Mm. True. Like, all of that is irrelevant. Whether it's a female or not, you can still have children. Um, But I think, like you're saying, is he's going way too many steps ahead. You're just trying to deal with your now and Mm. moving to a whole other country. Like, you're not thinking about children. You're 17.
3: (laughs) I mean, come on. That's too much things on my plate all at once. So just, I would just say, like please back off <laughs>
1: yeah yeah when you moved here to Al um having not lived with your father for eight years how was it integrating into the home were there what was that like for you
3: well in home in here in New
1: Zealand yeah
3: well it was oh, the house was pretty rough I mean I mean not the look of it but just like the relationship it's kind of tense and um really we haven't seen each other for like five years because um he did visit it once for my graduation um it was around like 2017 yeah actually around that time he went there and um five years after that um, it's my first time ever seeing him and it's just like a mix of feelings and I don't know how to make out of it I don't know whether to be happy or disappointed or any sort of feelings that are just like meshed up together. And so um, when I saw my dad um, in the house um, with someone else other than my mom, I was like, wow, this shit is real. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it was a pretty shocking news for me. And I don't know how to deal with it at first, but um, I, I guess a young adult would do. I just try to understand the situation because it is complicated and it's not really for everyone. And I don't really think that everyone deserves to be in that type of situation. So I guess um, everyone should should be thankful of me for taking it, <laughs> for having that situation <laughs> instead of them. <laughs> so I'm willing to take all the bad energy from other people.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so what you're referring to is that, um, as you told me earlier, um, just after you got out of isolation, oh, yeah. so you, you spent isolation in, at Christmas time. Oh, yeah. Uh, for, was it 10 days? Oh, yeah. 10 days by yourself. And then um, just after that, your, your dad drove you around for a while, oh. and then said, just before going home, said, what did he say to you?
4: Well,
3: son, I have something to say to you. Um, I've been keeping it for a long time. It has been eight years, probably more than that. And, yep, uh, there goes the line. I have another lady in my life. And I was like, wow, damn. Um... I didn't try to cry or anything. I'm trying to hold my composure. And I just I just want him to see me as like an independent person, which that is who I am. And I don't want to um, be perceived as someone who is flimsy and too emotional. Although at times I am. I'm a bit of a crybaby, but, you know... Um, i just trying to keep it real. And um, I didn't have the courage back then at that moment to tell him how I exactly feel. But um, just like a week ago or two weeks ago, um, we've had dinner at his house. And um, I haven't told you this, but I moved out. I moved out of the house. So I basically lived by myself now. I mean, minus the roommates. (laughs) (laughs) So um, we've had this dinner. We had uh, talked about um, everything. We have covered out um, how my life would play out and how our relationship um, should be and where it should go. And, yeah, it's complicated, but we're cool now. Um, I've said that I'm not okay with it. I'm uncomfortable with it, I feel like I'm betraying my mom for being with you guys, so please understand that and yeah they said that yeah they do understand um and they've put me into a hard position and so um they gotta they've gotta be um more lenient towards my judgment against them yeah but we're like we're cool uh, we talk and we they even went at my work to bring me some food and my co-workers kind of teased me because they said I'm spoiled and stuff. But yeah, it was, it was a really nice gesture for them to do that.
1: Well done talking to them and I think it's really important that you're able to recognise your feelings because it's, I mean, it's very important for everybody to be able to recognise the emotions that they're experiencing and the feelings. So um, well done communicating that to your father.
2: I think being emotional, because, like, being emotional is seen in such a bad light. True. But to me, being emotional just means you have a heart of gold. Aw. <laughs> it just means that you're human.
3: True. Yeah. And it's also, like, um, when you're a man and you're being too emotional, that's just, uh, that just connects to, like, the sexuality and stuff. And so, um, because because I have this soft side of me... Um, I'm seen as, like, less of a person because of who I am, and it's just pretty messed up. Um, There still have, like, lots of things to work at in terms of that, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, um, understanding sexuality, understanding the community that I belong into.
1: That leads into my next question. Do you feel that the media's depiction of your community has a negative effect on how you perceive yourself and your peers?
3: Yeah, true. Um, for instance, uh, oh, aside from like pop culture, um, as a kid, I'm a Disney kid. So I'm exposed to those movies and series. Um, I mean, I've watched The Little Mermaid, I've watched Aladdin. And this magical carpet, which I don't understand the physics of it, still. <laughs> but yeah, there's like prominent um, Disney villains that um, there's like a subtle, um, subtle trade in them uh, that you could see that uh, mm, they're a bit queer. Like Jafar, as I mentioned earlier, he's a diva, fashion icon, just like um, good at welcoming like entrances like really showstopper <laughs> uh, there was that one one scene where he opened the he, o- he opened the curtain and he was like hey <laughs> with his parrot Iago that was like wow <laughs> the best movie best movie entrance of all time <laughs> and so when you see that um sexuality is being portrayed as, as somehow of an evil trait or like a villainous trait, um, you'll get this subtle perception that gay people are bad. I mean, we may not like how it sounds, but it is what it is, though. It is what we see. And I think Disney and the media should work on fixing up the image that they have created. And so they have to be they have to be like more inclusive, like, especially with like um, uh, with the characters on Disney series. Um, they should involve like, a gay character that's not just like about being the gay best friend. I mean, it's just so typical and very stereotypical. They should be the main character
1: mm-hmm.
3: and um, they should have uh, the persona. They should have that reflection of those um, quirky traits. And um, just normalize it,
1: basically. Because it's not weird. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thank you very much, Ryan, for telling us a bit about your life story. Um, it's my pleasure. And your experiences. Uh, next up, in this next, sec- uh, in this next section, what buzzes you, it's an opportunity for you to talk about something that you're passionate about. What is it that you would like to talk about today? Oh. Um, uh, gosh, there's, like, so many
3: things that I've um, been... Uh, thinking about that. there's so much things running in my head right now, but I guess um, relating to the theme, uh, relating to um, Ben's dream, who he wants to become in the future, I wanted
1: to <laughs> Ben's just like what? <laughs> like, hold on,
3: <laughs> I wanted I wanted to become a doctor though. But when it comes to like maybe like stupid trivial thing that I want to talk about is that um, uh, manhwa is just basically mangas. But Korean versions mm-hmm.
4: of it. And, okay. Yep. Okay.
3: And so I guess you know, we could talk about both of those, which is which are totally unrelated. But I don't know. I mean, it's it came in my mind, so deal with it.
1: Okay. So Korean version of mangas. Yeah. All right. So what uh, what's manga to start with?
3: Yeah, I guess like you'd say it's a comic book, but it's more sophisticated than that. And so um, these um, illustrations with um, Really beautiful storylines. I mean, depending on the genre and the theme, um, it just brings you to a different type of world, one that is better than reality <laughs> at times. <laughs> and um, currently, I'm I'm into like the BL manas. Yeah, that's so gay of me. <laughs> because
1: the, the what sorry
3: uh, BL BL. Yeah, it's like boys' love. Okay. Yeah, okay. manhwa type of thing, and it that uh, it's um. It's kind of like um, this match between two voices and their chemistry. It's just like overflowing throughout the storyline, and it's just like tailored, tailored through, um, uh, through like um their everyday life, and so, um, when when I see those two guys falling in love and just like, um, sometimes it can get pretty raunchy, racy. Yeah, and sometimes those um, drawings, illustrations,
1: can be pretty graphic. I'd say, <laughs> yeah. And so, does this um, this type of manga is this only in the Korean? Um, does it, that only come Korean, or is it in the traditional manga as well?
3: Um, it can, it could come at both. Uh, it could come at with the Korean ver- version. It can also come with. You know, like the Jap- Japanese version. Um, uh, there's also like English versions to it, just like translated ones. And I tend to read on um, the English version ones, and sometimes the Korean version ones because, yeah. Um, random fun fact: I can I could read Korean, I could speak Korean a little bit, so technically
2: I speak three languages, but
3: I'm not really that fluent. So.
2: Wow. <laughs> I can speak English. I can speak three languages as well. Really? Yeah. So, I can speak my dialect. Could you could you say that? Yeah, that's a language. Yeah. And then, obviously, Filipino, Tagalog, and then English. What's the dialect? The dialect is Bicol.
3: Oh. Yeah. Uh, you're from, like, uh, the south of Manila.
4: Yes. Yeah. Dang. Mm-hmm.
2: I used to be able to speak Mandarin, but I have no recollection of any of that anymore. Because I I went to a Mandarin school for six years, like a Mandarin wow. Catholic school.
1: Wow, <laughs> <laughs> was this back when you were in the Philippines? Yes, this was
2: back Dang. in the Philippines. Yeah. Oh wow, your family must have been loaded. Yeah. We were not actually. Really? We were not.
3: We cannot. We cannot afford a school like that. I was sent to a public high school. Oh. Where the where the bathroom is shit we and it smells like literal
2: shit, and there's like pee all over the floor, and it's a ladies' bathroom. So. Why? I can definitely tell you that we were not well off. We barely Why? made it. And I can tell you that we did not have enough to actually spare that much on, like, let's say, toys. So, yeah.
1: True. Same goes for me. Back to manga. Yeah. <laughs> um, how did you become interested in this?
3: Um, well, my friend introduced me to it, actually. And she's, like, an avid fan of, like, on animes and stuff. And just like really interested with drawings. And so I was like intrigued. I was like, really? There's like a genre for that? And when she showed me on her phone, I was like, whoa. <laughs> it's like my eyes are open to a new world. I was like, reversionalized <laughs> for some reason. <laughs>
1: And so do you, like, did you already um, watch any anime or read any other comic books I'm not like really, I'm,
3: I'm not really into anime at really? first. Yeah, I'm more of like, I think I'd say I'm more of like a boo, because mm. um, I'm like delved into like the K-pop culture and the K-dramas. And, and I'm just so used to that. And so uh, when she recommended me Manwas and she was like, oh, this is like the Korean version of mangas. And so... Um I started reading my first one. It was The Painter of the Night. It was the most popular BL in all of in all of the legend legend comics. Um it's like an app that you could download and it's like the number one thing. It always stops the spot. And it was like about um this um ancient painter in like um the old Korean dynasty setting. And um his his job as to paint for his master naked pictures <laughs> and interestingly the master um he was supposed to be straight but i think he's turned on by how he paints he likes the way he paints and he's just like very sensual
1: what type of uh, what type of response do you get from people when you normally try to talk about this
3: oh i don't get to talk now with lots of people <laughs> I think that would be like pretty raunchy and I have to I have to pick up some certain audiences that that are like appropriate for that so Mm. probably just my friend my freaky friend (laughs) yeah
1: and what is it that you wish that the world understood more about manga Mm. I think
3: um, they should understand manga as more than just like fictional characters um, being meshed together Um, It's also, like, about the reflection of, like, everyday people. Um, And we might not know that they're into, like, freaky stuff, but it does happen. (laughs) But also, um, as reflected in those storylines, they also have struggles with, like, family relationships and, like, um, how to deal with bromance and stuff and, like, how to deal with themselves. There's some manmas out there that covers these topics, although with a bit of a sex to the side. But yeah, anyway, you know. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's just like good um, having this like broad perception of everything that ref- being, that is being reflected on manwas.
1: How do you feel that um, this can change the world? I think in a way, um, it's not
3: just in manwa, but um, it's just in literature in general. Um, literature... Um, gives this sort of um visual uh, around how we should see the world and also how we should act in accordance to how it works. And so when you get in touch of those feelings and thoughts and passion, you just get this some sort of empowerment and you feel that you can grasp onto you know your life into the world although it might look as if it's complicated but really it's just a simple breathe in breathe out and just appreciate the view
1: Thank you so much. I Honestly, I feel like I have learned a lot. So <laughs> honestly, thank you. you too.
2: Probably too much. <laughs> hey, it's knowledge, and I like learning. So.
1: <laughs> now, Ryan, um, I'm wondering, what is your favourite song right now?
3: I've been currently listening to um, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, if you're listening to this, I love you. <laughs> so I'm a Loki Swifty, and her song, You Need to Calm Down, is my favourite, my current favourite. And it's just like um, about... Um, Advocating for gay rights.
0: You are somebody that I don't know, but you're taking shots at me like it's Patron, and I'm just like, damn, it's 7 a.m. Say it in the street that's a knockout. But you say it in a tweet that's a cop-out And I'm just like, hey Are you okay? And I ain't trying to mess with your self-expression But I've learned a lesson that's stressing and obsessing About somebody else's no fun And snakes and stones never broke my bones So, You over there on the internet comparing all the girls who are killing it but we figured you out we all know now we all got crowns so you need to come to home oh, 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 oh.
1: That's us for us today. Ngā nui. Thank you to Benedict and Ryan for sharing their stories with us. If anything that came up today raised emotions for you, we'd like to remind you to reach out for support. We've put the contact details for Outline, Youthline and Lifeline in the link tree in the show notes. We've also included some resources in the show description and episode notes. Please click the link tree for more information. Ngā nui for hanging out with us today. If anything we talked about sparked your interest, head over to Leadership Lab website at leadershiplab1word.co.nz. If you want to hear more people of pooly, you can find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and find us on Instagram at pooly underscore youth. Matewa!